0: Hey everyone, welcome to A Healthier View. We uh, appreciate you tuning in and we'd love to uh, have you um, listen to the expertise of Mark Prescott. You may remember him. He used to be uh, on this podcast with Beth a few years back, going um, uh, with Beth to talk about um, health and wellness. And he's back to give us some insight into what he's doing now. Uh, Mark is a former award winning television reporter and producer, he's turned his attention to healthcare more than a decade ago. He works mostly now in senior care and calls himself a life improver. He assists with case managing, companionship, canine therapy with his beloved dog, Murray, and just general peace of mind for families dealing with aging parents. He calls this the most rewarding, toughest job he's ever had. Mark has clients all over the country, but he and his uh, buddy Murray currently live in San Diego, California, beautiful San Diego. Mark, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Wow, what an intro. Good to be back. Good to, uh, good to talk to you, Scott. Good to talk to, to Beth. We used to do this together. It was always fun. I appreciate you guys reaching out. I'm happy to help and happy to be a guest. Thanks for having me.
2: You know, it's so funny when Mark, just a little back history, you know, five years ago, Mark called me. He's like, hey, would you like to do a podcast and going gym free? I'm like, Okay. And it was so fun, and you taught me so much. and then we took a little hiatus and you um, know kind of you had streamed into elder care and helping the elderly, and you really found your niche and you're doing so good in Southern California. I'm so proud of you, by the way, but um oh, thank yeah, you. you really got my start on this podcast because you do have a, a background in media, and that was your first love, wasn't it?
1: It was. That's what I. That's what I trained to do. Um, coming out of college and out of Orange County, I was a. I was a news and sports reporter for about fifteen years. I, I bounced all around the country. I was in Central California and then Arizona and then out into Louisiana and Arkansas, where I, I uh, managed a bureau for for ABC News out there. <clears throat> and then I moved back. I left there in about two thousand and two and moved back to San Diego when my dad got sick. And um, I ended up actually working in broadcasting in San Diego for about five years <clears throat> while I was helping my dad. But um, after that, after that kind of finished up, I really got involved in in healthcare and I, I produced a couple of TV shows in healthcare, and then that kind of led me down this path into um, working working with seniors. But it it's nice to know that I was able to train you, Beth, as as a host. And now yes. when I listen to your podcast, I'm like, wow. I I trained her pretty well. Now she's, she's hit the ground <laughs> running and she's like a natural. So I, I hope I get some credit for that. But if I yes, don't, she that's do. We'll
0: do. It's all good.
2: No, absolutely.
0: Well, Mark, I think you need to, I need some work with you then because um, <laughs> I need all the help I can get. No, you're good.
2: You sound good.
1: Nice. Very natural. Oh, that's good. Yeah,
0: Mark, I got to jump in. I know this is not the, the topic of our conversation, but you know, going gym free, I remember Beth telling me about that. And um it, And, you know, in COVID times, a lot of people have kind of had to go gym free because unfortunately a lot of the, the workout places that people use have been either shuttered or, you know, reduced capacity. So I think it's kind of interesting how that whole mindset has come to fruition.
1: Yeah, no, uh, no doubt. Um, and you know, it's funny because ev- every time you watch TV or you look at social media, you hear about all these people that are are putting on fifteen or twenty pounds during COVID. And I don't know yeah. if that's more of an emotional thing. Uh, but mm-hmm. um, my my plan—I well, don't want to say my—that sounds egotistical. But what I do <laughs> um, was re- was really kind of kind of COVID-proof. Um, it was still a lot of a lot of walking and and drinking water and doing push-ups and you know getting steps in front of the television and and it was more of a more of a mindset thing because i i never really loved going to the gym even when i was a younger athlete so um
0: mm-hmm.
1: so yeah so it, it for co and and funny i still have i still have done work with that with some of my senior clients They still love it so if they can get out and, great. and walk in the fresh air and there's there's really no reason not to go for a walk if you live in southern california the weather's i mean it's Pretty darn good every day, so
0: there's really no excuse. Yeah, that's so true.
2: Now, how did you get into? I want to know, like, from day one, like when you first started yeah. helping the elderly population, what drew you to yeah. that? Because that is a thankless job. At some, you know, at some point, when I was in college, my internship, um, you know, for about five weeks, I really worked with the elderly population, and that was tough. I'm going to say that was the toughest. weeks kind of as a profession. That I And let me tell you, I've had some tough jobs as a sports director at a YMCA and a fitness director, a program director and working in corporate America. But honestly, that was, um, that was tough. What made you, what drew you to that?
1: Okay, so I'm going to tell you guys the story of how this started, because not everybody knows how I started doing this, because it's a really funny story. So where I live, Um, I live about a mile away from a coffee shop, a coffee and bagel shop, and I used to go down there when I had some downtime in between projects, and I used to sit with Murray, and then I had a dog before Murray that passed, but I used to just hang out, and I started hanging out with some of the regulars there. And some of the older men there—it it was like the Rat Pack, and and oh. they were these old, they were like these the coolest older guys. And at first, I was intimidated to to uh, even hang out with them. But as I got to know them, and they, they invited me to sit at their table, um, I really started enjoying the conversation, the wisdom, all the things that that older people bring to the table as far as life goes, and. You know, they used to ask me, "What am I doing? What am I doing?" And sometimes, you know, some weeks I would I would have I'd be in between things, or I would, wouldn't be as busy. And it it turned into this: "Hey, Mark, my son's coming in from out of town. Can you go pick him up?" And they would kind of pay me to do these errands, or they had a they, you know I, I have an eye appointment, so I can't drive because it's my eyes. Can you help me out? And and they loved the idea of having somebody that, that could do that, and then the dog would come along, and they, they, it was kind of like this whole experience for them. And the more I started doing it, uh, I live in an area that, that is just so populated with, with elderly people that um, it kind of spread word of mouth. And so I started getting individual clients, and I said, you know, this is starting to become something that is more of a full-time Full-time business, and I and I saw this. I saw this need to help people, and I always loved helping people. But I saw this need was getting bigger and bigger. And you know, one of the things that I was that I was doing as I was moving forward was I was helping people that are that are my age, that that are our, that are your age and Scott's age, um, where we have aging parents, and I was kind of providing this this. Peace of mind and this, this, this bridge to help them out. I'm not a caregiver. Um, I've done some duties as a caregiver, but I'm really just kind of, you know, I, I kind of fill in the gap where when they need mm-hmm. doctor's appointments, where they need companion care, where they need someone they can just call and, and hear a friendly voice, which was something that was just huge during COVID. Or, they, they, you know, I have one woman that sits uh, out and likes to just watch golf and, and look at Murray and pet the dog <laughs> and 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 it's something that that uh that the families just love i mean i'll get a text that says hey my, you know mom needs to see murray so they don't they don't really care about me so they want to see the dog so i'll i
2: love murray but i get that
1: <laughs> yeah so they they want to see the dog and you know hey just take my mom to the park or or um just do, 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 do things for her or him. And, you know, sometimes I'll just go and I'll bring over a, a you know, a bag of cookies or something that they need. Mm-hmm. And, and it's something, you know, it it kind of grew because a lot of the families I deal with didn't live in San Diego. So I deal with a lot of families that live all over the country that they can't really come out on a whim to, unless mm-hmm. it's a major thing with their mom or dad yet they, they don't like being inconvenienced with the mundane podiatrist appointment either. So they, there's this there's this fine line where they'll call me and go, Mark, I just can't deal with taking my mom to the dermatologist. What do we do? And I just say, I take care of it. And when we're done, you know, I sometimes I'll take a picture of their parent being happy and I give them an update and say, hey, <laughs> here, here, here's your mom and Murray at the dentist office and then we stopped and grabbed a slurpee and now she's home and taking a nap and it's amazing it's amazing what that will do for for the kids so um yeah it's it's it's, it's, it's been a fun thing it's it's been challenging but it's
2: been a lot of fun I remember one time you called me I was a Saturday night and you're like um and I hope you don't if I say this, but you're Jewish. Your background is no. Jewish. And you actually went yeah. to church and sat in church a couple times with, um, <laughs> with your clients and reading the Bible. And, and you know, you're such a good friend, Mark. And I, when, my heart melted. I was like, oh, that was so sweet. Yeah, I do.
1: I, I do a lot. You know, it's funny. I do a lot of, um, uh, I had never read as much Bible as I do now. I have, I have, I have several clients that that, uh, that love it. I, I, it's just an amazing thing where you can, you can really calm someone down by just reading, just opening the Bible to any page and reading something to them, a passage or two. So, um, yeah, I've done the church thing. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, I just, I just kind of do what the kids, the kids need me to do for their, for their parents. And, um, it's, it's been something fun because it's, it's easier for me to tell, Tell the kids like, look, I'm not that traditional caregiver. So what? So what? What I'll have sometimes is I'll have a client that has regular caregivers a few hours a day, but they just do the caregiving part. And then the kids mm. say, Mark, we want you to do like the companion thing. You go do the fun thing, or can you yeah. go do some grocery grocery shopping for them? And um, so I I never really you know, everybody's kind of got their role and I never really get in the way of the caregiver and the caregivers usually don't get in my way and, and they do, they do amazing work in their own right. And, um, so it, everybody can kind of, kind of coexist as, as these seniors kind of make their way down their path. Um, so it's, it's, it's worked out great.
0: Mark, how do you communicate with your clients? I mean, I know obviously it's easy to communicate with the That your clients' kids and you know they they're more technically savvy, but I know that I, I hear and read stories about how you know senior citizens who could benefit so much from telemedicine or just at least remote communications are understandably not very technically savvy. So do you find it sometimes hard to get a hold of your clients saying, okay, I'm coming over or anything like that? Any any interesting yeah. stories about that or any any tips?
1: Yeah, because um, you're you're kind of in that telemedicine world, right? Scott? You, uh, yeah, telemedicine. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. So. I had, I'm not yeah. doing it
0: currently, but I've I've done a lot of it in the past, and um, that was one of our challenges with some of the clients that could use it the most had a hard time, yeah. you know, getting into the technology part of it.
1: Yeah, and that's and that you know that's, that's such a good question because I do have, um, I do I do have people that I have to help set up that for because if you're dealing mm-hmm. with someone that's 80 85 90 they have they have no idea how to do that so I, I do have to help set that up from time to time because what will happen is I, I mean and i don't want to speak for you because you're that's your your expertise but telemedicine i think could could kind of pass by the the senior population because they just can't, oh, figure, it they can't, fi- they can't oh, figure it out they can't they can't figure it out and And, um, and by no fault of their own, um, telemedicine is a, it's it's a wonderful thing. And as as technology moves forward, but, um, yeah, we, I have to do that too. I have to do things where, um, I, I have to show them how to send a text from their phone. I have to show them how to do FaceTime with their kids. I get butt dialed all the time because they don't know what they're doing. And I I I get, I get the FaceTime call where, they're not even in the screen. And so I, <laughs> I, I'm the gamut of, of, all that, but you know, a lot of the, um, yeah, a lot of the seniors wanted to stick to going to doctor's appointments as much as they could in person. Um, yeah. and if, if, um, if some technology comes along and I know, I know everybody's working on it in the, in that tech space, if there was a nice magic bullet to get them, to be able to do to get a better handle on telemedicine that would be great but yeah i, I do i do all that stuff facetime um i've done some telemedicine calls with them um uh, but a lot of them just aren't as comfortable with it as opposed to being in front of the doctor
0: yeah
1: yeah so, I get that. Yeah. yeah but keep at it scott keep at it you,
0: you know you'll <laughs> I mean, definitely
1: definitely <laughs> stay on that you know well and you
0: know there's gonna be a time I just I laugh at all the time but there's and it's already happening Where we're gonna be in that boat we're gonna be the ones going now what the heck is this or we're gonna be asking our kids or nieces or nephews or what is this how do I how do I log on to this so I I think about that all the time time
2: I think about (laughs) that all the time yes how technology has changed (laughs) just in the past 10 years 20 years and what's it going to be like like when I'm I need care. And that kind of brings me to my next question because, you know, I actually read an article not long ago or a few months ago that um, loneliness is just as bad as being inactive or even smoking, which, I mean, I don't, I think the data is slowly getting out there, but loneliness is a really, really, um, tough thing that people need to deal with, especially as we age and maybe um, our partners or spouses or friends are passing away and we're still alive. So I again, they're just a great service that you're doing, Mark, and my hat's off to you and for doing that. But what do you see um, as like the number one um, thing that people deal with as we age? And then I really wanna talk about what we can do as kids with aging parents, but um, what's kind of the number one thing that you consistently see with your population?
1: I think he just nailed it. I think it's loneliness. And I think, mm-hmm. I think that that, that was the thing that, that if, if there was something that came out of COVID that was, was so devastating to me. And I still have it out here where some of these assisted living facilities, um, some of these smaller six bed facilities that I work at um, don't allow any family members in. So you guys have probably seen things online where, um, you'll see like family members talking through a window or putting their hand yeah. against a window. Uh, yeah. um, I think, yeah. I think that that at the end of the day, it's, it's the loneliness factor. That's the biggest problem for, for the seniors. And I, I know it just from uh, going and showing up. And if I sit with someone for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, where they can just smile and, and look at the dog and, and talk to me about, you know, a meal they had, or whatever, um, they'll tell me. Like they'll say, "Look, that's that's the highlight. That's the highlight of, of my day." And you know, the more I, the more I immerse myself in in senior care. You know, and I have I have an aging mom. I mean, my mom's coming up on eighty, and I mean it. It's been an eye opening experience. You know, where do you place them? How how do we know that they're getting good care? Are they going to be? You know, if someone's alone as they're aging, um, and, you know, they're, they're kind of the, the mental capacity is starting to decline just from age. Um, it's it's kind of this tough combination. And, and just to be able to um, do some kind of companion care, I think is, is so big. And, and that's what I think has happened a lot in COVID is that people are just alone in their apartments or assisted living. And It's not good for their mental health, and when it's not good for your mental health, it's you know it's obviously going to have an effect on your physical health. And Mm -hmm. uh, um, I think that if there's one thing that I would try to combat, uh, uh, if I were to give advice to people that, that, um, and I don't want to step on your next question, Beth, but if I was to give advice, I would say, if you're in your 40s and 50s or whatever, and you have the aging parents, make sure that that they do have some of that stimulation moving forward because loneliness is. It's a tough thing, even when some of these people move into these facilities that have activities and all the things that they offer, which are great. I I, I would never knock these facilities because a lot of them do a really good job, but you do have to worry about the person that just kind of isolates and holes up in their apartment and, and, you know, they just, they just kind of cash it in, you know, and they just, they can't, they can't get back on track. So. Um, I think that that's the most valuable thing, what I do. Yes, taking people to appointments and doing things like that is obviously critical, but they they need, I mean, you know, people need eyeballs on them. And a lot of the kids Mm -hmm. that hire me say that they're like, we just need enough, you know, can you just tell us if you see something different with my mom? Because we're not there. And yeah. sometimes that's not, that's not necessarily like a doctor's responsibility They're You know, they've got a big patient load. I get, I get the question a lot of like, how's my mom look? Like, mm-hmm. is she acting okay? Cause yeah. we, yeah. we talked to her and she like, she doesn't seem right. So yeah. I, I, I get that as well. But to answer your question, Beth, I would say that, that loneliness is, is, that's a big
2: thing. And you said something that was really interesting, because I have this, I have lots of like little sayings in my life, which you both have heard hundreds, probably, but the body follows the mind. So if you are lonely, and you are stressed, and you do feel isolated, the body follows the mind. So I love that you said that. Mm -hmm. If you're kind of mentally not there, then it's going to catch up with you physically.
0: Yep. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Mark, I mean, how do you know, to me is also and I'm in the healthcare profession, but the the, the the industry, if you will, of senior care is so bewildering, whether it's the Medicare rules or, you know, insurance or, yeah. you know, medical legal issues. And then, of course, the availability of so many spectrums of care, whether it's in-home or out-of-home. Do, do you have any yeah. suggestions on how to navigate that for folks that are looking for people like you to help them with their families? Where, where do you turn? Where, where do you go? You
1: know, that's – gosh, you know what, Scott, such a good question, <laughs> because – that's the hardest thing for people.
0: Um, mm-hmm. yeah. For
1: my age, I'm I'm closing in on 50. And I just had a friend of mine who lived in, in uh, Phoenix. And mm-hmm. they were talking to me about, Oh, my God, my dad, their family was talking to me about my, the dad had a stroke. And like, they don't have a lot of extra money to, to do things yeah. for their dad, right? So I mean, really what you, what, what people need to do is they need to do, um, the research. I, I, you know, you could probably talk more about this from a doctor's standpoint, from a, uh, you know, from their primary care doc, if they're, if maybe a primary care doc can at least get the ball rolling and say, Hey, try to check this out. If you're, if you're looking for home care or whatever. But I think a lot of people, what they need to do, um, when I'm helping people that aren't in San Diego, that come to me for advice, I'll say, listen. Get, try to bring in a local maybe a home care company come in mm. and interview the interview them like you're interviewing them for a job because you don't you don't want to just maybe pick the first one that comes along and what you want to you what you want to do is you want to sit down with someone that can kind of do a do a very thorough assessment of your mom and dad and and, and tell and you know you can tell them uh, that the child can tell the the healthcare professional like okay, my mom needs X, Y, and Z. She does this every week. Um, You know, she had a stroke a year ago uh, or or whatever the case is. And and then you say, this is what I think we need. You know, we need, we need help with breakfast. We need help with dinner. Um, They still live independently. Well, how long can they live independently? I mean, do they need to be moved into a home? You know, when do we, when do we make the move into a home? Um, You know, so for the kids, it's, it's extremely overwhelming and, and it's not over, it's not only overwhelming emotionally, but it can be overwhelming financially because, you know, right. just telling mm-hmm. people, Hey, just put your mom in a home. It can be expensive. And some people don't have the money or they didn't, they didn't have, you know, long-term care insurance or, you know, Medicare doesn't cover whatever they don't cover. Um, so I, I think as people, they, they need to kind of be aware of where they're at with their mom mm. or dad and say, okay, I think, it's start, I think it's time to start looking at what kind of care um, this person is going to need. I mean, I had to do it, I had to do it with my dad and, you know, it, was, it's, it's, it can be, a, it's exhausting. It can be a full-time job and, you know, a lot of us are just, we're busy with our own lives. But right. you, you really, I think the first step for, for the kids is to to take the time and go, okay, we got to just, we got to get a plan in place to make sure this is going to work. They can bring, and people can bring me in and the, I tell them what I'm telling you guys. I go, okay, look, let's just kind of figure out where you're at. Let's see what, where, where are you guys at? Can your mom walk? Does your mom need a better walker? And, you know, because a lot of times I have to do that. I'll go in and I'll say, your mom can't use a cane. She's going to, she's a fall risk. And they're like, well, right. she's always used the cane. It's like she's always used the cane. I go, yeah, no, no, no. The cane's gone. Get a good walker. Like I have to come in and kind of be that guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> kind of, I have to. I have, I have to be a bad cop, too sometimes. So I, I, I yeah. I've heard it from a lot of kids. Like, hey, we don't want to spend all this money. And I have to say, look, well, well, then what are you going to do? You know, right. you
2: can't just <laughs> you
1: can't just kick your, <laughs> you can't kick your dad out on the street. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you have to figure out what, what what the best plan is, and try not to be, you know, try to take it in stride and not and not be overwhelmed. And you have to try to look at it from the emotional standpoint, where you say, "Look, if your were your parents good to you, did they take good care of you? Okay, so you know, try to hook them up here a little bit. You know, that yeah. I have to do that too. I have to be the nice guy too, and say, they they took care of you, you take care of them, and and it's good karma." with a man upstairs good karma as i say
0: time to pay time to pay back that karma right yeah
2: exactly
1: yeah, exactly
0: exactly right
2: now do you ever have any pushback from your clients saying i don't need this but clearly they do or um so i just want to hear a story about that because i love stories
1: yeah no i i um i get i get i get pushed back all the time and uh, I, you know i'm trying to think of a, one good story because there's so many but no i mean <laughs> the one I just mentioned, I, I, get, I get it all the time with, from, from kids about uh, you know canes versus walkers. And I have yeah. to say, as someone that, that works in this, um, I can't stand a cane, unless you're like a young athlete, that maybe that works or something like that. But I, I, I've had to push back with, with kids a lot with that, where they're like, my mom just won't use a walker. And I'll say, I know, but she's going to fall. And they say, right. I know, but she doesn't want to use it. And I say, I know, but she's going to fall. It's like, so I have to, I have to deal. I have to deal with that a lot. And a lot of times, I have to go back, especially when the kids don't live here. I have to go back and almost do like a progress report with the kids and say, hmm. Mike. I mean, I'm. I be like I, 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 you need to call your dad and tell him he cannot just eat fried rice for every meal. He can't eat cookies all day. <laughs> And they'll say, yeah. "Well, he likes cookies," and I say, "Yeah, I know, but he's diabetic. I mean, he can't have he can't have cookies for dinner." And so I have to I have to go in and I have to I have to fix it. So um, uh, it's fun, it's rewarding, uh, but it can be it can be frustrating. And you also the other thing too that, that's interesting about what I do is that I'm kind of coming into the game. Late in the game, right? So mm, the one yeah. thing that I have to—the one thing that I have to be very careful of when I do this—is like I don't know what the relationship was like between the parent and the child way maybe like twenty, thirty years ago. Because I have to sometimes pull a kid aside and go, "Man, your dad—he's the nicest guy," and they'll go, "You know what? He didn't grow up with us. <laughs> that guy was—that guy was not nice at all." Oh, yeah. I'm like. Yeah. Well, he's a, he's a, I'm like I'm like, well, he's a nice, he's a real nice 90 year old, and they're like, yeah, you should see, and I get that a lot too. So, I yeah. have to, I have to kind of pull back from any, and and the one lesson I've learned too is like, and I, I always try to be good at this, but I really try not to judge anybody. But this job really made me do that because I was like, I don't know what the backstory is for some of these people because I'll, I'll get in and be like, yeah. oh my god, your mom, your mom is so sweet, she's, and they're like, you have no idea. And I'll go. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, and then and then they'll start ranting about their mom. And I'll go. Uh, okay, well, she's she seems pretty sweet when she's petting the dog. I don't. I don't sorry, I, I don't want to get in the middle of like this. Just, I'm just like family squabble. <laughs> family you drama. Know, I'm, yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm just trying to get your mom to take her heart meds. Like I. I, I exactly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that she left you at cheerleading camp and forgot to pick you up when you were. 18 years old or whatever the like whatever the backstory is I, 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 I and so and and so I, I kind of enjoy that and I and I do kind of enjoy the the fact that um you know I am seeing people at end of life and and I do I do like the fact that that maybe they are taking they are getting some enjoyment in the in the later stages of life and if if that means that they get to play with a dog you know that they wouldn't have gotten to play with or just Laugh with a guy that is kind of lighthearted. Then, then I then I've done my part. So yeah, that's kind of how I look
0: at it. Well, you brought up Murray. I mean, you know, I, I, the, one of the most successful things I see in the hospital is pet therapy. When they when the, the volunteers bring in their their dogs, their service dogs, it's just it just lightens everybody's mood. Not only the patients, but the, the staff. I mean, that's just fantastic. I and mean, can you tell us some stories, some good Murray stories, or just some what what your ideas are about pet this, therapy? The, the pet awesome.
1: therapy's pet, pet pet therapy is is wonderful.
0: Um, yeah. I
1: have probably the laziest dog, but he's so perfect <laughs> for this because he never has to like chase a ball. He never he doesn't do any <laughs> any crazy tricks. And I I found that that his biggest asset is people just like looking at him because yeah. he's not. Um, I I love him to death. He's not the smartest. And he's, he's, but he's, he's not dumb. I don't want to, I don't want to call him out on the air. He's not that he's, he's the most wonderful (laughs) dog. And his demeanor for this kind of thing is just, it's just perfect because he doesn't bark. Um, and, and he'll, he will just sit there and people will stuff him with treats. You know, I'll show up and I'll, I'll give, (laughs) I'll give someone a handful of milk bones and go here just feed him and stuff him. And, um, you know, I had a guy, I had a guy that was, um, he just passed a few months ago. I had him for about Mm -hmm. two years and all he enjoyed doing, um, he had, he, he had pretty severe dementia, but all he enjoyed Mm -hmm. doing was just going out with a dog. And I'm not kidding. We would, Mm -hmm. we would only walk a half a block. And then I would put this guy in the car and Murray would sit, Murray always sits in the front seat too. He, he, he does not negotiate that. So the people are always in the back, but he, he, That's hilarious. he, this guy got, this guy got the biggest kick out of just going for a walk and then going, we would go sit and get a donut or go to like the dollar tree. And he, oh. if he could walk up a couple of aisles with, with the dog in the dollar tree and have a donut um, that was, I mean, that was the greatest thing that he could, that he could have been doing. And, um,
0: just so made his day. Made, I mean, made his, that, yeah, that's awesome. And
1: that, and, and, and that's really, that's really kind of what, what I enjoy about it. That did, did I go out and make someone's day? was, was their yeah. day better? Cause they saw the dog and me as opposed to on a day when they don't see me. So if that's why, that's why I kind of call myself a, a life improver. Yeah. So if that work, if that works, then then everybody's happy. And, and, uh, you know, cause none of us are going to live forever. Right now. We're not right. getting out of here a al- lot. We're not getting out of here alive as they say. So yeah. you might as yeah. well have some, <laughs> you might as well have some, some enjoyment. And especially, um, with as tough of a year as 2020 has been, uh, yes. the one thing that I really learned is that man, 10, 15 minutes of enjoyment is just better than nothing. And it's, mm-hmm. it, it makes a world, it makes a world of difference with people. And cause it's been, this has been, this has been a rough year. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, so anything you can do to go out and, and make a difference like that for me, I mean, look, if I can, if it's a business for me, but I, and it's great. I can make a living doing it. That's, that's great. But really the, the bigger part of it is, is, is helping, is helping these people along the way. And, and, Absolutely. and the funny thing is, and the, and the great, you know, the great takeaway, is that, um, you know, I, I have all these people and, and when they pass, I'm still, I still stay friends with the families.
0: So wow. I've, wow. Uh, I've, mm-hmm. I've
1: made, I've made new contacts and, and, um, and friends, you know, yeah. I always tell people that like, Hey, you know, it doesn't mean, doesn't mean our relationship is is over. So
2: um,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's really just win-win for everybody.
2: Again, I just, I'm so, I get so excited when I, you know, hear from you and hear the great things you're doing. And it really just makes me um stop and think about my family and, you know, my mom has passed and um about mm-hmm. my dad. So kind of my last question for you, Mark, is what do you tell the kids of aging parents? I know communication and pre-planning mm-hmm. is so important, but um what do you tell the you know, the kids or the grandkids of the parents or grandparents about keeping their health in check and keeping the stress down? Because that's a big thing with me. I mean, my dad lives in Indiana, and I'm not yeah. like a two-hour drive. I mean, this is either a two-day drive or, you know, a flight out. So how do you deal with the family?
1: Yeah, the family, um, you know, I, I, I try to tell them that that as much as it Well, you know, you know this, Beth, because, yeah, like you said, your your dad's far enough away where it's, it's, it's inconvenient when you have to go see him. Like, you can't just drop everything um, for something that isn't major. Um, You know, I I, I try to tell the kids, look, enjoy your parents. Um, Try to enjoy them as much as you can. They're not going to be around forever. Um, Try to be as patient as, as possible. Try not to be too stressed about um, every little thing that they're asking you to do. I mean, we're, we're all going to be there at some point. You know, we, we don't think the mm. same at eighty at eighty as we do at fifty. Um, <laughs> and and I think that I think that the the key takeaway for the kids is have have patience. Um, don't try not to ele- It's always so easy to say but not do. Try not to elevate your stress level too much about your parents. Um, try to keep them as, as comfortable and as engaged as as you can, um, even if even if they're far away. I mean, if I were to if I were to tell someone like you, Beth, like okay, your dad's in, in Indiana. You know, maybe the 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 plan is is hey, you know, few few times a week, I make sure that I talk to him for 10 minutes, and and and, and we don't talk about anything serious. Kind of a fun conversation about his cat. Or, or whatever it is, mm. but just to just to keep it keep it light, because as long as he's healthy, that's kind of the good time. Because there's going to be a time when he's not healthy, and that's a whole different that's a whole different animal at that point. um, yeah. I, I but but I would say in, enjoy him, stay in touch. I, I don't know if your dad knows how to Facetime or if he's technologically not savvy. He's um, in the middle there. I, I, <laughs> Yeah, but I have I have people that I that I that I work with that um, all of it is it it might just be a phone call where I just call the people and they live too far away for me to visit, and it's just a simple it's it's a simple check in. Now it it, kind of the other point Beth, about the kids and the grandkids keeping their health. I think it 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 shows the kids and the grandkids like look, it's important to stay healthy because you're not going to be this in your yes. perfect health forever forever yes. mm-hmm. and, and so uh enjoy it try to keep your body as best shape as you can um because your body's going to be different at 85 and so don't don't abuse it too much now because it's not going to be fun in the end um but I, I, you know again from an emotional s- standpoint i would say look um enjoy it enjoy your parents uh, you know, I, I say that as a guy that gets nagged by his mother every other day. So
2: I love <laughs> your that. mom. Take, you know, I love take, your mom. <laughs> take,
1: take that with a grain of salt. But I, I, uh, I always have <laughs> to kind of, I have to be careful because I know there's going to be a point when she's not around. And I'm like, oh, God, you know, I really miss when she used to nag me about the dog and brushing the dog's teeth. And I'd be like, I don't want to hear that right now. But I, I know yeah. that at some point I won't be hearing that. And so, um, yeah, and and uh, I don't know. Did that answer the question or was that? Yes, right? absolutely. Kind of and, and
2: now that you brought your mom up, again, I love your mom. Tell her I said hi. <laughs> I love her.
0: I will. I will. Yeah, she's a character. Mark, you know, the the Mark, the change, I mean, what the evolution of your of your life path is so fascinating to me. And so I, I wondered if you could give us some insight into if somebody wanted to do something similar that you're doing in another part of the country, wherever they're listening from. Like how yeah. do you how did you get into it? How do you start something like this? How, how, I know you talked about the great yeah. story with the coffee shop, but how do how do you how do you kind of get off the ground with something like this? You need any certification or any connections? Yeah, I I have uh, I actually went
1: back and got um, an admin certification to run um, mm-hmm. six bed facilities. They're called RCFEs, the residential care facilities for the elderly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because uh, you're you're both in the medical field, but a lot of it. You know, I've stumbled across a lot of um, CNAs that are just like, I don't want to do the traditional CNA work. What you do mm-hmm. is kind of cool too. Um, so they, um, I think you can start as uh, a caregiver. Um, you know, yeah, not everybody's going to start the way I did, kind of just uh, at a coffee shop and like in chatting with older people. But um, <laughs> the hardest thing, the hardest thing about it, is, I mean, you really have to have, um, a personality where the families can trust you because it's they're, they're trusting you with something so intimate. Right. So that's yeah. the hardest thing about just starting it because you have to, you, you know, families are really just going, Hey, they don't live here. So let's, let's just say, mm-hmm. Scott, I was taking care of your mom and she lived in San Diego. You have to go. I really got to trust. like this, I got to make sure that this guy's not stealing from my mom. He's not, Hitting my mom, and and so there's a lot that that goes into that. Um, uh, so I, I say that because if, if someone wants to get into this, they have to realize that when they get a client, um, they're going they're kind of going all in with the family. Like you kind of become part right. of of the family. So it's not kind of this drive-through. Hey, I just. I, you know, I took someone, I took her to the dentist and dropped her off. I mean, I've had people like that, that I've seen one time, but the clients that are, are kind of intimately involved in my business, that's the thing is that people have to, if they want to get started in this, they have to be prepared to deal with a lot of things getting thrown at them from a family standpoint, yeah. from, from, Hey, you better not have a, a criminal background. You know, you gotta be, you gotta be mm-hmm. real above board, real trustworthy, um, you know, really, you know, really, um, attentive to the needs of, of, of the client. Like, I, you know, when I first started this, I, I didn't realize, like, I mean, you have to, when you're taking someone out just for a walk or whatever, like you can't be looking at your phone all the time and, you know, it's, mm-hmm. so it's not, yeah. it's not, for. it's not for, well you know this guy as a doctor like you're going in and out of rooms like you got to be like kind of on your game right like when you're really like yes. locked in on something you got to be on your game
0: yeah
1: and yeah. and that's kind of that's kind of how how this is it's not really for um you know there, there's a lot of joking around but it's not necessarily for the, the faint of heart like when I take someone <laughs> and, and they're going up a, a flight of stairs like I'm just like I'm staring at their legs and making sure that like yeah. I don't see them starting to tumble and And I've worked with, I've had other people that have come to me and said, I want to do what you can do. And I'm like, yeah, you look at your phone too much. I mean, you're like, (laughs) I need you you a little more like focus. And, and that's um, but it's, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, I want to spread what I'm doing across the country, which, which I've, I've done. I can, I can help people via, um, things like FaceTime and I can do companion care over the phone. Um, anybody that wants to pick my brain or um, you guys feel free to give out my email. I'm, I'm happy to That's give wonderful. like pointers and, and um, because there needs to be more of me and, and I'd love to, to be able to, not that I'm the greatest at doing this, but there just needs to be more people that have this kind of passion yeah. and mission. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, you nailed it though, passion
0: it's, and mission. I'm hearing yeah. that come through, the passion, you know, That's yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. And it, it's just hard to find, it's just hard to find the people. Um, um, not that they're not out there. I mean, I've always thought Beth would be great at this I and mean, probably you too, Scott. But I uh-huh. mean, you know, when you've, when you've worked like with, you know, people that have worked in wellness that have done one on one and they've, you know, started from scratch with a client and gotten them to a certain point not really a whole lot different than uh what I'm doing so um you know Beth's career is is very similar like you're you're helping people and you're helping them Mm -hmm. through their sometimes you're helping through the lowest points of their life so um yeah a wellness background is good a nursing background is good um yeah anybody that's kind of been in the trenches with it it's 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 good you know a lot of these families I have to talk to people like you, Scott, like I have to talk to doctors and sometimes a doctor will give me information and it's nice to have a guy that's not just a driver that can kind of process it a little bit and go, okay, yeah, yeah, I can can tell the daughter this and I'll let her know that you're going to call her and, you know, and I, I, you know, I've got the blood work and I can kind of explain this to them. So that part is good too. So a little bit of a, you need a little bit of a health, a little bit of a healthcare, wellness kind of background. And then the other side of, um, you know, the passion and the, and the, and the mission and, you know, liking the small talk with older people, like all the stuff I like, because yeah, I like the, minu- I like great. the minutia in life. I like talking about nothing. So <laughs> I I'm I like the, you, I'm like Seinfeld. I like I like nothing. I was gonna say you must, oh, <laughs> you
0: must you, have loved Seinfeld. You must have loved Seinfeld. It's so funny. I love Seinfeld. So that, we
1: yeah, reference I, that all the time. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm a, I'm a Seinfeld guy. So I can sit and oh, and chop great. up a conversation about just nothing, and I and I oh, I love that. Great. So. Yeah, it works out good. But uh, well,
2: how can someone yeah. reach you? How can, can you to give us your your information? and my dogs are actually saying hi to everybody right now. but um uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. but can you um tell us how can someone reach out to you, talk to you? Maybe they have family in California, but we have listeners all over the nation and the world. So yeah. how can just give us your um, contact they information?
1: Can, they can they can send me an email. Um, I'll, I'm happy to say it over the air m a r c at h c h media dot com and if they if they want to go um if they if they connect with you guys i mean i trust both of you guys if, if you find someone that you go hey this would be good then you can feel free to give out my cell phone um you can give out my yes, number for sure. mm-hmm. um i have a i have a flyer that i have that i can send to both of you guys oh yeah um, we can hyperlink to kind of that to, to the show mm-hmm. to, yeah that that um that is great so yeah i mean I, I it's good that i can help people all over just even if it's even if it's companionship over the phone. Um, I think it's great. And, and if I can get their family mm-hmm. that get them in the right direction in their certain city, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just happy to help. I'm just trying to do my part.
2: I know mean, you're doing it well, but Mark, thank you from the bottom of our heart. We'll have to have you back and, and see how you're oh, doing know, yeah. You know, you're such a good friend of mine and thank you for taking the oh, yeah. time out of your busy day. And, and, tell, uh, and, and tell, um, Belinda there doing are the everyday actions she, to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash pretty your pretty hands. <laughs> Avoid yeah. close contact. That exactly. may have been our bigger Avoid touching your eyes, nose and mouth. Stay home when her, are you are know, sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Not clean well. and disinfect just frequently touched these, yeah. objects with household yeah, cleaning Mark, spray. For,
0: for more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. Sure. This thanks.
2: message brought to you I by the National that. Association yeah. of Broadcasters okay, guys, and this we're gonna station. We're going to get a commercial break and we'll be right back.
0: Okay, we're back. Beth, that was so much fun. I feel better just having talked to Mark for a while.
2: I know, isn't he great? He's such a good friend.
0: You know, I really think that Passion and mission. Those two words really resonated with me when he said it. I think no matter what we do for our life's work, I think those are two things that should come through no matter what it is. If you can find some passion with it and a mission to try and make the world around you a better place, man, that's just perfect. That's a perfect way to your today, don't you
2: think? Absolutely, and that's why I love my job. I love, because he who has help has everything, right? That's an old adage that I like, and um, absolutely, and Mark is just so, he was built for this job, and you know, I think the world is a better place because of him, and I think the world is a better place because of you, so yeah.
0: Oh, thank you, and I feel the same about you. I really, again, in this COVID time, we need to take care of each other. We need to whether we have differences in all sorts of ways we need to realize that we're all human beings and we uh, need each other, you know, and our health improves when we take care of each other. I truly believe that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And this is such a hot topic now. I mean, everyone's, you know, what the baby boomers, I think this is like the largest population Mm -hmm. out there and folks like this, we're busier. I mean, my dad would yeah. probably disagree, but I think I'm busier than my parents were at <laughs> my age, but, you know, and I don't have kids. So I, yeah. I think that um, this is a topic I would love to have, you know, talk about this again. You know, let's bring yeah, up let's some do other it. People. I, mm-hmm.
0: Some other areas, you know, maybe have a geriatric physician come on and talk about things. Maybe have um, somebody who's an expert in, in other types of uh, senior home care would be great. I think there's so much area of Areas of interest for our listeners and also just um, areas that we could all learn together.
2: Oh absolutely, absolutely. and I love that he takes Murray. I mean, I don't think my dogs are quite like the service <laughs> dogs as Murray. In fact, they've been a little naughty today, so if our audience has heard little hugs barking, <laughs> that is why. but um but yeah that's such a great Okay
0: thing. Beth, Beth, I gotta jump in and say, okay, for our listeners, I have a very strong recommendation. On Netflix, if you have Netflix, there's a documentary called Pick of the Litter. Pick of the Litter. And I heard about it from a friend of mine who's a big dog person. And it's just the best documentary about how young puppies are trained to become CNI dogs or guide dogs for the blind, is the they later called now. And it is heartwarming, mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. tear jerking, and it'll put a big smile on your face. So if anybody out there listening has Netflix, I highly recommend Pick of the Litter.
2: Well, you told me about that this morning when we chit-chatted. So I'm going to have to definitely yeah. check that out. And oh, um, and I so usually good. shy away from like dog movies because they're always like, so like, like when the dog dies, I, I literally, I mean, yeah. that's something like it almost like haunts me, but you said this is uplifting and, and good. This so. is, well,
0: I don't want to give away the ending, but it's a, it's a, it's a tremendously happy ending all around. And it's just a feel good movie. And I know that a lot of folks could use that and, even if you're not a dog person, which I know you and I are, but even if you're not, um, I, I recommend it. It's a it's a really, it's a good, it's not only good about how awesome dogs are, but about how awesome people are. I mean, it's just all around a great movie. So uh, two thumbs up, three thumbs up. It's really good.
2: Yeah, my, my dogs bring me a lot of joy, but they also bring some stress in my life. So, um, <laughs> but I, I love them. I that love is, them. True. that yeah. is true. That
0: is true. Well, just like our aging parents, they bring mm-hmm. a lot of joy and they bring a lot of stress, right? So yeah, we just absolutely. have to know how to enjoy them as best we can and tolerate the stressful times for sure. Yeah.
2: Well, again, I want to thank Mark Prescott for agreeing to be on our show. And again, he's such a good friend. And I know you have um, a little bit of history with him in the back as well. You've known him for a while. So again, just mm-hmm. a great show. And, um as always a pleasure, you know, talking with you and doing the show with you, Scott. I encourage our audience to listen to the other shows and subscribe and and like our show on Facebook and LinkedIn. And again, um, we enjoy bringing you shows every other week about health and wellness. And sometimes we talk outside the box a little bit and and bring in experts on things we don't even think about, but affects all of us. So um, until next time, everyone have a healthy day and um, Scott, do you have any parting words?
0: Everybody stay safe, everybody stay healthy, and everybody have a great time.
2: Oh, I love that. That'll be a tagline. Um, and better together. <laughs> That's actually our tagline. So we are better together. We are better
0: together, yes.
2: Okay, everybody, guys.
0: Everybody have a great, great week.
2: Yes, yes. And until next time, have a healthy day.